Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to episode number 54 with Jamie Bianchini, an adventurer, entrepreneur, author, and philanthropist. After some post-college business ventures left Jamie feeling like something was missing from his life, he decided to go on an epic adventure, a life-changing bicycle trip around the world. His story is a remarkable tale of connection, compassion, and contribution. Jamie's motto is live big, give big. In this short snippet, he shares some of his favorite stories from the trip, and he outlines some of the many ways in which he sought to contribute to the communities that supported him all along his journey. We hope that his example can inspire you to give back to your communities in ways that are meaningful to you. Be sure to listen to my comments after these excerpts from Jamie to hear two interesting ways that you could support worthy causes. And if you want to hear the full conversation featuring Jamie's Cutco Vector story, his entrepreneurial experiences, and more on his epic journey around the world, check out episode number 54. You went on what turned out to be an eight-year, 80-country bicycle trip around the world. It was on a custom tandem bicycle Mm -hmm. where you would invite total strangers to ride on the back of the bike with you for as long as they wanted. Yep. And some rode for a few minutes, some rode for a few hours, some rode for a few days, some literally rode for a few weeks with you through their yeah. country. Yeah. You had a partner in the early part of the trip, and uh, but then most of the trip was uh, on your own. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about why you decided to do something like this. In my early 20s, I, 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 did, I really wanted to go and see the world. And I wanted to take the advice of, of uh, a lot of people who said, go out and see the world when you're young. Uh, go out and live your passions when you're young, because there's plenty of time for kids and mortgages and all those things like that later in life. Go out and do it while your body's strong and why you can do it. A lot of people gave me that advice. I didn't listen to it in my early 20s, but towards my later 20s. And I said, I'm going to go and listen to that advice and live my passions and go and do this dream I've had to ride my bike around the world. Uh, What led to taking a tandem bike, a custom tandem bike, was what my friend Garrick, a college buddy, said it'd be nice to be able to share the adventure with people from the countries themselves. So we uh, decided to do tandems. And calling it Peace Peddlers was just really a way at the time we didn't, we didn't have any intention of being like necessarily peacemakers. It was just a cool name that domain was available. And, and, uh, you know, we were going to, you know, we we're going to broker world peace one rider at a time by just inviting strangers to come on, regardless of their religion, background, of their skin color, and just set that example of trusting all people, all humanity, and letting that connection come in the spirit of play. Wow. Yeah. And, and you guys started in, 
Japan and then Korea, yeah. right? Went through East Asia, eventually yeah. down to Australia, New Zealand, yeah. then over to Africa, mm-hmm. ultimately Europe, and then South America up to back to home over the, the, the eight years. Let's talk about some of your favorite stories from the trip. Uh, oh. what, what, what stands out, first of all, before I ask you about a few? Yeah. Yeah. I think what stands out is kind of just a progression that, that living on the road and being really vulnerable does. I mean, when you're on a bicycle, you're really vulnerable as a, you know, as a, as a human being. And so the first thing that just overall caught my attention is that like total strangers as human beings, total strangers will take care of other human beings. Right. So there, I, I believe we're born with a, what I observed was an innate uh, compassion that human beings have for other human beings in vulnerable positions, right? So when you're on a bike and they see over countless times where people would see or sense that we were in a vulnerable position, whether we're on the wrong road, uh, it's getting late and we're trying to get over a pass and we know that's going to be cold or it might be dangerous in the sense of like Africa going down certain areas, people would come out and, and go out and try to help us, even though they don't know who we are. And that I, I saw that just time after time after time again. And it was is my, one of my bigger takeaways is that we are compassionate people as human beings. So that, you know, over and over experiencing that coming my direction, I started to get inspired to, to see what I could do to help people that were helping me, you know? And so that we started to do a little bit more charity work and look for areas that we can do things, not necessarily stop writing and start a 501c3 NGO or anything like that. But what could I do while I was writing to be able to do it at the same time? So, um, so yeah, so that was uh, that started a whole series of small, organic, kind of um, grassroots uh, charity projects. We started everything from orphanage to stops to you know delivering malaria medication out to remote villages in in Africa and starting projects that could help people in the communities that were helping me. Jamie wrote a book about this adventure. It's called A Bicycle Built for Two Billion. Uh, it's, this is literally one of my favorite books I've read in the last like decade. It's really, really, really awesome. And um, so one of the stories I can remember was uh, you, were, you went to an orphanage in Nepal mm-hmm. and your mom had sent a box of teddy bears for you yeah. to give out to the kids. And and I can recall you gave a teddy bear to one little girl. I can't remember exactly how old she was, but I remember what I remember from the book was the little girl asked for a ride on the back of the bike. And, and when you said, yes, you went to take the bear from her and she kind of flinched like, no, I don't want to give the bear up. And an adult who was there said to you, oh, you know, don't worry. She's just never had a toy. Yeah. And I just like that line stopped me dead in my tracks reading the book to think about this child has never had a toy, right? And I think about all of the things that we have, all the things my kids have. My kids have boxes and boxes and boxes of toys and so many things that we have that that sometimes we take for granted that we're not really grateful for necessarily. And, um, you know, here you were experiencing a child who literally never had a toy until you came along, a stranger came along and brought toys for the kids in this, you know, in this orphanage, in this town. So to me, that was a really compelling moment. That was very early in the book as you traveled through Nepal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that was a big awakening time, you know, for me too, to see how simple it is to put a smile on someone's face. 
Nepal really kicked off um, what, what continues to this day to be a life where I look to give back whenever possible. Yeah, yeah. And then um, in Uganda, you ended up partnering with a young man who truly is transforming his community. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, about Innocent? Yeah, Innocent uh, came on the back of my bike. He had never ridden a bike before. Uh, and so it was his first time even experiencing what it was like to even ride on two wheels, which he was grateful for. Uh, and then uh, I took him on a, on a very, very long and challenging uh, trip on mud and steep hills and uh, grueling terrain. And during the time I interviewed him uh, and asked him if he could do anything in the world and he knew he couldn't fail, what would he do? which I asked a lot of my people on the bike, the same thing Mm. said, I would build a school for all the AIDS orphans and the needy in my community because a lot of kids are orphaned and they end up in the field. So they never get an opportunity to have an education. I think that's really sad because his parents were able to get him an education, not a great one, but a good education. And I said, are you serious about this? I said, I think about it every day. And I, so I said, well, if you're serious about it, you know, I'll help you. And he was like almost crying, you know, thinking that I would have the help and assistance of me. And so I gave him five bucks and said, open up an internet account. And your first assignment is to send me a drawing of what you think the school would look like. So he sent me a, and, and he got an internet account and, and in less than 24 hours had sent me a perfectly drawn out drawing with like, you know, using rulers and, you know, actually to scale and all sorts of stuff done by him, but really shows that he was visualizing what he wanted to do. So I didn't know how to create a school, but I, uh, I did know that I promised him I would help him. So I just gave him little baby steps, little by little. I said, okay, now go find land donated from your community. It's community school. We're going to build for all the AIDS orphans. So find land. I'm not going to go out and ask my community for any money to as handouts, go out and find it in your land. So I just gave him steps like that. I said, find land. He went out, found land within a week, donated to him. Then I said, go find building materials, donated and went out and found wood and labor and roof tiles. And he just kept following steps until little, little by little, we started building and getting in the community community was building. Then we ended up eventually through a party because he did need some more funds for things that he couldn't get donated with through a huge party. He got Panasonic was one of our sponsors to donate a bunch of TVs and stuff to sell at a live event. And all the sponsors chipped in and we sold a bunch of stuff and sent out money to complete the schools and hire their first teachers and get their first students. And now it's got a couple hundred students actively going there every single quarter. And it's almost self-sustaining using the school fees for those who can't afford it to subsidize the the orphan kids who can't afford it. And so it's very, it's about 30% are orphans or very needy and the rest are full paying students. It's a really neat model that we created and, uh, and it's working. As you look back and you, and you dissect, uh, you know, the main lessons that came out of it, uh, what, what stands out to you that would summarize what you got um, out of the trip? I mean, creating the trip in general and having it be as successful as it was I mean, what stands to me is like living in the path, living passions, right? Like that, like Peace Brothers was everything I'm passionate about. It was adventure. It was travel. It was connection. It was contribution and creativity and all the things that I'm good at and enjoy uh, were represented. And because of that, I was able to manifest just a lot of great things, you know, from support to safety and all things and connections and friendships. So there's something to be said about, you know, do what you love and the money will follow and do what you love first. I think that's what something I took out of it. I mean, on the whole tour also, you know, 
uh, live big, give big was one of the mottos I have, you know, and I still believe that I take that into my future career now as well of that. It is possible to live your personal dreams, your professional dreams, your financial dreams, and also make a contribution to your community. It brings a lot of fulfillment when we add to our lives, some level of contribution, you know, yeah part of mixed blended in, uh, whether it's locally in your own community or whether it's globally and in, in anything else that one's passionate about, I believe that's part of our innate nature. And if we, if we ignore that, I think we end up with a longing and a, a, a mysterious longing in our life, not knowing what it is. And I think a lot of times that can be helped by just, uh, you know, finding something that we can be of service to our fellow human beings. If you are inspired to be of service to your fellow human beings like Jamie, I've got two ways you can do this. First, you heard the story of Innocent and the school he built and runs in Uganda. I have been personally sponsoring a child at this school for the past year, and there are quite a few other children in need of sponsors. It costs remarkably little to pay for a kid's annual tuition there. If you want to learn more about the school, visit goodhopeschool.net. And if you'd like to donate, please contact me personally and I'll connect you with Innocent myself. Second, Jamie's epic journey was the inspiration for one of our own current Cutco sales leaders to embark upon a journey of his own. Eric Gilman is riding across the United States from Miami to San Diego to raise money for Angel Wings International and the medical clinic that they have built in Haiti. To learn more about this great cause, visit ericridesforhope.com or again, ask me to connect you with Eric Gilman directly. Finally, pick up a copy of Jamie's amazing book, A Bicycle Built for Two Billion. It'll inspire you to live big and give big. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 